0: Welcome to the Russell Savage podcast. We are talking strange tales, and we are also the tag team champions of the world: <laughs> the Rat Dog, Rat Thrasley, the Crazy Guy, <laughs> Elliot Primble. I mean, you get you get it right. <laughs>
1: it's a nice attempt at an announcer.
0: I mean, I don't want to completely rip off, um, <clears throat> you know, the uh, the New Age Outlaws. <laughs> But you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. let's work on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. That's you know, a good. stuff. it. Come in time. I get more hype. <laughs> um, I should I should mention that this this episode is entirely not sponsored by Strong Scotch, and or Pepsi Pepsi Max related products. It's definitely not sponsored by them at all. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, and with that said, let's go straight <laughs> into Pro Wrestling's top three most newsworthy
1: moments. <clears throat> Of the week, 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 Weak, week, week, week. week. <laughs> <laughs> We're becoming Alan Partridge now, are we? Yes, yes, right. yes. <laughs> so there was actually some news I came across and I was quite surprised by it. But It actually turned out to be false, Ooh. which I think it gives us a good discussion. So William Regal's recently been released from NXT, right? Well, that's false. That yes. was a very, very bad move, I think.
0: Wait, that's not false?
1: No. Oh, so he's definitely released. Definitely released. Ah, uh, cool. But I did read that Impact had signed him. And I, was, I wanted to discuss that today, and I thought that was going to be a great discussion. But it's actually found out that that news is false, unfortunately. Man.
0: Well, I mean, um, good. Good, we got the wiki facts out on that one.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we didn't report that he had signed without <laughs> doing not, any research.
0: Not, not, not good that he
1: didn't go to Impact because that would have been a big get for them. Sure, but um, well, I'm, I'm wording this all wrong. So whoever, whoever gets, I mean, wherever, wherever he ends up, I'm sure that's going to be a good place. Good place for him. He'll adapt. <laughs>
0: I want I want to see I wanna see Regal do his own thing. I really wanna see him do his own thing. I wanna see him like in 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 my universe, if I could have it my way, it'd be like Triple H just tenders a resignation at WWE and him and Regal just um <laughs> they just take off and Whoa. they do their own thing. Wouldn't
1: that That's, be fucking amazing.
0: I would love to see that. Um I think the way that they had things done, I think unhindered by the WWE and with you know the full ability to compete or at least you know be a competing force, I think those two could, could work really well. Because ideally. it
1: just seems like they've just completely whitewashed NXT now of everything of what it used to be.
0: Um, I, mean, I think
1: some people see that in a good way, but I, it just seems strange that it seems like they just want to get rid of everything that Triple H kind of built up. That's how it looks to me anyway. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if you see it any differently, but...
0: I see it that way, but I I see I say okay, so, so like I definitely see it that way. Like they've totally whitewashed it. That's true. They've they've changed the colours, the look,
1: the people. <laughs> whitewash is probably yeah. the wrong word. <laughs> Multicolor wash, tie-dye wash.
0: Well I mean like whitewash is a term
1: <laughs> whitewash is a term to use like white out to go over
0: something you know, like in my, in my vernacular. So like, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I'm looking at. They look, It's like they put a big ink blot on what was a, a, a good product and then they rebranded it with, you know, some, lots some of those of ink blots, lots, lots of, of vibrant, blots, yeah.
1: vibrant coloured ink blots. Which,
0: You know, it's funny because, like, (laughs) they want to do well and they want to rebrand NXT as a product that appeals more to children. And that's, Mm -hmm. like, Vince looks at that and he's, like, he made it look – he made NXT look like one of those tiny little Disney magazines that you see at the gas station or the supermarket for kids. He he made NXT look like that. But then he booked it, like, you know, in 80s territory and all these guys are, like, swearing and kind of being, like, MTV. So, I mean, you can see how – you can see how the rumors of Vince kind of losing his pulse. He knows what he's doing with wrestling. He knows how to make it look good and so, so mm-hmm. on. He understands his vision. But yeah, the whitewashing of NXT, I, I guess like I can see why they did it because it kind of lost, uh, I guess, the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah. And they really, they want that younger demographic. <clears throat> but I think the problem is WWE is stuck in that trope of they're working for TV and the youth, you know, kids don't watch television. They watch YouTube and TikTok. Like, that, you know, you go to the average nine-year-old yeah. and you're like, who's a pro wrestler? And they're just like, uh, is Mr. Beast a pro wrestler? <laughs> you know, like, they don't, they don't fucking know who no, the fuck a pro wrestler sure. is unless their dad or, the, you know, someone in their family is like, watch this wrestling. And then most kids who do know wrestling these days, those young kids, it's ECW. It's Attitude Era. They know... Mm-hmm. The Stone Cold's and the the Taz's and the whatnots, like yeah. it's it's a very different landscape for for pro wrestling and WWE just not getting into that market. Um, I think I think if and Regal, Regal did his own thing, I think that would be what would be interesting if he took what he knows from that, developing that system that's worked so well for WWE to create uh, and generate more stars and mm. you know raw level a uh, raw level product. Um, I think if he took that and he did his own thing, I think that would yeah. just be incredible because, you know, someone just bankroll William Regal with everything he knows. He's probably Fucking the most valuable. Got, yeah. yeah. I'd say yeah. he's he's the most valuable after like a Triple H. I'd say William mm-hmm. Regal is one of the most valuable guys. And I just don't want to see him show up at Impact or AEW or whatever and just be a guy that comes out and makes a tag match. general
1: man. Yeah. 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 yeah an absolute waste. Mm.
0: He'd have to have a backstage role. But I mean – I don't know anything about Regal's life, so, you know, it's no. all speculation. I'm sure he's enjoying a, a, a bit of relaxation, probably,
1: you know, having a, having a sip of tea or something. Enjoying some time <laughs> off, I would imagine. I'm um, sure he checks his cups of teas every time he drinks them now, thanks to Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fantastic segment. So, well, what else
0: has happened? What else has happened this week in wrestling?
1: Um, actually, something both me and you would enjoy. Um, big Foley has posted up a photo with Terry Funk. Ooh,
0: man. How long it been since they've hung out? Let me
1: just see. 28 years. 28 years. That's 28 a... years. It's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time between drinks. Man, <laughs> Funk Funker looks and seems quite healthy. I'd hope he is, yeah. I mean, a lot of the rumours that were going around lately no. were, were quite oh. disheartening, but
0: I think that whole rumour that sort of started on that Don Morocco podcast and they were talking about, you know, s- right. someone that I think he just assumed that Terry wasn't doing that well. I mean yeah. you watch Terry Funk's career and it's like the amount of headshots and explosions that guy's been that guy's <laughs> yeah. been in, you know, been hit with, like you'd imagine that he'd be be a little baddie, but like he seems I mean he watched the dark side of the ring. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed he seemed good in the FMW Quite episode. yeah, in high
1: spirits. Yeah, that was my favourite episode. Yeah. of that that one actually.
0: That was easily the best thing that they they did in that season. But I mean, they told all the yeah. best stories in that first season. Yeah. So you know what what can you really,
1: even see on Eater's side of things was quite good too.
0: Yeah, that was actually... Um, that's really cool. That's really cool. i don't have to get you to show me the the photo. Or is it on Foley's Instagram? It's on Foley's um, Twitter, I think. Yeah, I'm
1: not on Twitter either. But, um. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I don't even follow Mick on anything. So that's just popped up on a news feed. And I thought that was a, quite an interesting interesting photo because uh, they're both quite big influencers on our wrestling, for sure. Oh, definitely. Like, I... I don't know if I would have even
0: wanted to be a wrestler if I hadn't seen Funk and Funk and
1: (laughs) Old Cactus Jack there. Yeah. um, What what have you? What have you um, been discovering in the wrestling world this week? What's been your most interesting story?
0: um, For me, I think the thing that has piqued my interest the most uh, is MLW. No, I'm just joking. Uh, (laughs) Again? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll never look at that again. Uh, fucking definitely not. Um, is uh definitely Muhammad uh, Muhammad Ali. Oh no wait, it's Mustafa Ali. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are gonna keep making that mistake? <laughs> no, I did it. I, I did it on purpose. I did it on
0: okay, purpose okay. this time. I assure you. Um, I just thought it would be funny to do it on purpose because you know, you, you know, my inability Like once I'm I say for one slip
1: up, I'm waiting. You're waiting for to me to slip, slip up. up. You're waiting for me to say Muhammad
0: <laughs> Ali instead of Mustafa Ali, and it's not going to happen. Waiting for me to
1: get all passionate and you'd say Muhammad. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Um, <laughs> okay, what's been going on with him?
0: <laughs> well, I haven't good- seen him in a while. Yeah, well, um, he's been off, I think, for uh, his, his paternity leave, okay. parental leave. He's been off for that. And then um, he ended up tendering his resignation or asking for his his release on a, a tweet. Uh, and he said something about how he won't be able to um, fulfill his vision for wrestling or for the world. He said he won't be able to fulfill his vision for the world um, currently where he is. And he wants to be released, basically. Um, and then reports have come out that talents saw or heard that rather that um, Mustafa and uh, Vince got in an argument over the direction of his character. I, I, I believe. Okay.
1: So does he just he wants, he doesn't want to be a heel anymore? Is that is that what they've still been doing with him? Um, he's still I mean, doing that whole retribution thing or is that all has that whole thing just fizzled out now and listeners i don't watch much wwe now so just forgive my uh dumbness on this topic
0: yeah i also don't watch too much (laughs) too much wwe but um so if i'm completely wrong about this i also apologize but um (laughs) yeah i I digress um so, so basically i saw that retribution thing kind of fizzle out and then, yeah, he just hasn't really been on TV. And right. like I think that was a really big wasted opportunity because they could have given him a really good push for that and it would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, Ali is someone that I've watched. I've watched like Mustafa Ali grow from when they got him in the, that early draft of like that 205, 205 stuff. 205, yeah. And, you know, he was, like, the heart and soul of that. And I don't just mean the heart and soul of the product. He really was online. He was a very big presence. He was very positive. And um, I was going to mention before, like, Twitter's a strange place where it's, like, it's a a strange mix of super politically correct people, porn stars and wrestlers. (laughs) Um, And, like, um, Ali is, like, super open person. He's, like, you know, he's really respectful of the fandom. He's super supportive of people that, you know, do drawings of him and, you know, want to interact with him. I feel like he gives a lot to the, to, I guess what, the, what is known as the WWE universe. Yeah. So it's always really puzzled me since the get-go Um hmm. with him, why they haven't strapped the rockets to him. Um He just hasn't been given those opportunities, which is, is I mean, weird. I think
1: they have had several Middle Eastern wrestlers, haven't they? And they've tried, they tried them all out. And I think Mustafa was the, what, the one guy they looked like that he could be uh you know, a hero or what? Whatever. Well, who was that? Who was that other guy that they had? Um, who had like a? He had. He kind of had a winning streak. I can't even remember his name now.
0: I, don't know, I very
1: very recent. I can't remember his name.
0: Are you talking about the guy that they only really use on Crown Jewel?
1: Yeah. What was his name? Yeah,
0: I can't remember his name either. He's he absolutely he, terrible of me, but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he had a big. He definitely had the big winning streak, didn't he? Lately, and then they just cut it off on Raw or something. And it's just like it's a great well, way to uh
0: I think I think the problem is the the, the problem is with WWE they're a publicly traded company so like a lot of what happens in booking and it's I guess it would be a frustrating point for like for a lot of the wrestlers a lot of what happens in booking can sometimes come down to key demographics being on television in certain areas or certain ways so you know if your tv deal says we need you to appeal to this asian this muslim this Christian this you know demographic of 18 to 25 this demographic of 35 to 60 or whatever it is and they 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 highlight them you know sometimes those decisions really will affect booking and writing yeah and so there's a lot of that that's really hard to navigate and then on top of that you've got that old god of like Vince is very stuck in the everything versus America kind of tropes of wrestling that kind of I mean they really haven't existed since the mid-90s mm. um yeah like they haven't been enjoyed by wrestling fans since the mid nineties, I would say. Sure. As much. Um but then like but then you look at Ali and it's like he's a patriotic American and he's, you know, he's very faithful to his roots. Yeah. And I feel like that would be a good thing to book and a good story to tell. And I think he's he seems like an incredibly creative and like I was saying, he's a very generous guy. Like why can't he be a Seth Rollins or an even bigger, why can't he be uh, a John Cena? I mean, obviously he's not the, the big sweaty, muscly man that Vince wants, uh-huh. but he is, <laughs> he is big for his size and he is muscular. And he, I, I can't pick holes in his wrestling logic. When he wrestles, uh-huh. you know, he sells well. He doesn't do things that are too out of his size limits, even yeah. though he obviously can, cause he's physically strong. Like I just, I feel like he's stuck in some kind of deal where Vince and, Vince and all the board of directives and all the networks all have their fingers in, into the pie too much. And Ali's probably growing increasingly frustrated because wouldn't you be as a creative in that situation? Sure. Definitely. But, yeah. want to so, get out. <laughs> so you just want to get out. And I, I think yeah. that's sort of what's, what's happening. It's like the pressure's built up and something's got to give. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's our three. Is that our three topics? That, think is that, is. that is indeed. That is indeed because you had uh,
1: regal and Foley and funk. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah. so yeah. So without a, further ado, yeah, it's a good segue into uh, um, the main subject of so this. so the main the subject of this episode, of course, the watch along, and we've got a new a new take on the watch along today,
0: and we'll see if you guys like this. This is trying to get synced with Arnold Schwarzenegger. so so, this this is your idea i had nothing to do with this i feel like i was sleeping and um (laughs) and my friend Lockie entered my dreams and he he floated (laughs) down to me dressed completely like conan the barbarian he held a sword to my neck and he goes you want to know what's best in life he's doing an any impersonation on your podcast yeah yeah (laughs) um and i woke up (gasps) So um, yeah, we're going to attempt to sync ECW TNN episode, episode two, two from the third of September of '99. Now.
1: Iconic episode.
0: Now. we're going to do it now. Now we're going to do it now. now the
1: three, two. We're going to no, no, four. no. <laughs>
0: Look at you, you okay, girly honest. man. Okay, you pick honest. a girly man with your, your stupid kiss tattoo, the, the funny man with the, the, the silly makeup that spits his tongue out. Goes, nah, yeah, yeah, you. He doesn't even like to smoke stogies with me because he goes and smokes them with beautiful topless women and he doesn't invite me. Arnie, me, I'm the governor of California. Well,
1: you like housemaids. You like ugly housemaids, Arnie, so that's why Gene doesn't invite you. <laughs> that is a terrible lie. I will take you to court. I will burn your freaking <laughs>
0: eyes out with my stogie. I will reach into your neck and I will pull your tongue out of your goddamn face. Remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied. It's Sue right me now. Sue me now.
1: <laughs> do
0: it. <laughs> oh, fuck. That was way too much fun. Can we just do a podcast? It's entirely us doing Arnie impersonation. Oh.
1: <gasps> do we want to have now? zero listeners? yeah <laughs> stick around what, what's different
0: <laughs> if you are a listener though please stick around stick around let off some steam <sighs> okay 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we're ready and in, in three two one yeah yeah you're
1: ready yeah yeah three two i'm one. already going yeah. on <laughs> yeah yeah one two three Nine, Nine, ten. Nine, 10. Wow. I'll pause on twelve. Let me know when 12. you're at twelve, Arnie. Nine, ten,
0: eleven, twelve. Yeah, that was go. the worst. That was the worst. I was losing it. <laughs> as the, the further I counted, the more I lost it.
1: Oh, man. All right, I think we're synced up now.
0: I absolutely fucking love this venue as we see Taz getting into the oh, ring.
1: Yeah. What's the deal? The ring it's ballroom. Yeah, it's the Manhattan Center Grand Ballroom, I think.
0: That's it. So nice. It's got those weird 70s. Tiki tiles all around the edges. Yeah, it's such a crazy good venue. I have so many memories that are no doubt going to flow out from this iconic venue as we watch this episode.
1: I love all these sort of these small like venues like this. Like even when they use the um, the Hammerstein Ballroom as well. I think that might even be in the same building. I think both of those venues are actually in the the one building. I think. Really? Not, I might be wrong. I think yeah, part of the Manhattan set. I think this is the Grand Ballroom and the. the the Hammerstein Ballroom is, is like on a lower level. I could be so wrong.
0: So similar to that, uh, the wrestling venue in Japan that's like multiple levels. Yeah, I that, think, that blew I think, my mind when I found yeah. it. Man, man,
1: Fucking Taz's hell.
0: title belt, Taz's title belt, the black and the orange ECW title belt. That yeah. is <laughs> still the most iconic belt of all time to me.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I really love that thing. <laughs> Not so much as FDW belt. That that thing can just be retired. I don't care
1: about fake titles and yeah, <laughs> in, in, in my real wrestling. Um, so would Hook? Do you reckon Hook would ever get to this size of Taz? We reckon he's going to still be, you know, the little gangly slender. Oh, you mean beef wise? You like reckon him. he'll reckon he'll get a bit beefed up further I mean, in his career? How old is he? I wouldn't know. Early, he's he's <laughs> he, early twenties, maybe. Teens. Yeah, I'd say late teens. If is it? Ah, huh? he's in that. He was in that strip club video. I sent you. Yeah, other so he's twenty one. He's definitely over twenty one. <laughs> he's
0: definitely over twenty one. I mean, like a man, a, a man in terms of natural size can only get so beef. So in his thirties, I'd say he'd be stockier. He'd have those bigger lats and stuff. But um, yeah. he'd probably never be. But he's taller than Taz. So all right, he's got that on him.
1: So this is gonna be a good match to Tajiri and Taz. When so I did you say his fucking name?
0: When did Tajiri <laughs> Yoshihiro Tajiri um Mustafa Ali <laughs> <laughs> so those that don't know um, when me and Elliot used to live together in the thrash zone, I would fre- frequently mistake words. He would make fun of me for it or someone would make fun of me. And then I would just constantly have these brain farts where I would say the wrong thing over and over again and become increasingly more disappointed with myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so to Elliot,
0: to Elliot earlier when we were talking about what we were going to speak about, because, you know, we're trying to be a bit more professional here. Um, he, he, he heard me accidentally say Muhammad Ali. Made a great deal of fun of me and then, yeah, off off to the races we went with my <laughs> my awful brain. Too many chair shots. Because you,
1: you even went to correct yourself and you said Muhammad again. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you glad that wasn't recorded? <laughs> oh, well, it was now. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fuck. That's
1: <laughs> it. Podcast over. Canceled. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, lovely catch suplex there getting absolutely distracted
0: by Taz and Jury as you can imagine in this fantastic venue uh, the just just everything about it the standing the standing room the fact that the, the back, balcony the back goes a little higher there's some elevation yeah, for the back yeah. and then the balcony and, and you know like everyone's just on
1: their feet for this no one wants to no one wants to sit the down fucking view you'd have on that. I'd love to yeah Go Tell back you, in time. I'd definitely go to one of these. <laughs> 100 percent. That'd that'd be one of my. This taping, the one with the what we're going to see, the, the oh, future yeah. matches that are going to be. We won't on spoil the show. it. No, we won't.
0: For our young listeners who are no doubt watching ECW with us for the first time. <laughs> Shout out to your nephew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's nearly one. Nearly he'll be, one. He'll be one on
0: Wednesday. Starting them young. We He's need to get on some, the ECW. Yep, we need to get the like two, two eight hundred and stash pages to make some ECW onesies for, two, <laughs> yeah. for for two, three, and four year olds, and then baby t shirts for this kid. <laughs> Can you get him in the mini Jordans. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we
0: Reese should totally um, recreate his old Instagram account, but with his kid.
1: modeling (laughs) ECW clothes modeling
0: ECW clothes (laughs) and like sick ass fucking sneakers Yeah, he'd he'd be huge he's got to set up a TikTok he'd be famous he just calls it uh, extreme baby steps
1: (laughs) Eh? Eh? (laughs) it's quite good
0: (laughs) I'm just going to get momentarily distracted by ECW's hook punches there we go Taz, Jeez. Taz is like, like I tell you, his son. The way that talking about Hook, as we see Taz, the way that he does the hook punches, they're his own. He totally hits from mm. a different angle, mm. and like he, he made them look meaner somehow. Yeah, you know, I, 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 really, I really, I'm really jazzed to watch him. I'm sorry, I'm getting really excited about, uh, about thinking about watching Hook <laughs> while I watch Taz because Taz is one of my favorite wrestlers. Probably, I, I'll go there. I'll say. Bruiser Brody, all-time favourite and greatest wrestler of all time. Fight me, Um, (laughs) then Taz, because just Brody, just because it's so real, and Taz, Taz, for the exact same reasons, but also because he just made you believe how tough he was.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) everyone was shit scared. Put the fear in fucking everyone.
0: So this this venue, seeing this. Definitely reminds me of that. Do you remember that ROH show, the first anniversary?
1: Hmm. Vague. Oh no, probably not. Yes,
0: you you remember the show? I was talking about this recently. I'm pretty sure I sent you a video in the last week or two. The the riot
1: that was there. Okay, yeah, that was. There. I thought it looked. I thought it looked familiar. Okay, fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah, that. Um, what seemed to be a shoot riot, or what seemed to be a work riot that quickly turned into a shoot.
1: That, oh wow. Yeah. Yes. That's, that? <laughs> there we go from that extreme replay angle. I recognize the venue now. We oh go. yeah, because yeah, you we can, can see the stage up the there stage. where they were fighting in the in, in the
0: corner. So it's uh ECW filming completely different to how ROH did.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Here we go, the most iconic
1: uh theme song. This song, I always used to listen to this before a match when I was wrestling. It was it used to be like my side cup music. Really? Yeah. Oh man, that's a really cool Cyclops song. Chuck the uh, iPod on, yeah. <laughs> the iPod. Yeah, yeah I don't. Know. Yeah, you know, before you yeah. had your iPhones, you had your little iPod Mini or whatever it was.
0: Yeah. Those those feel that those feel
1: almost um,
0: archaic <laughs> at this point. Yeah, man, that's crazy.
1: Um, hey, did you see?
0: <laughs> did, did you see the um, the vote that I ran on the Russell Savage post after uh, Dynamite this week about at Raw and AEW? Yeah, Raw I, didn't, and AEW. I, I
1: didn't see the results.
0: It was like 70% of our fans who, um, said that AEW was better than Raw this week. Hmm. And it was. It was I, I think that was quite possibly the best episode of TV they've put out. And it all started from those Christmas right. episodes. They had a couple of weeks it, uh, before Christmas, they were doing some really good TV. And I was like, huh? I felt like a meme. I was like, huh? Like Vince <laughs> reacting to Stacey Keebler or whatever. <laughs> um and then yeah they've done they did the christmas episode i was like huh. and then like i even rang one of my friends and i told her i was like holy goddamn shit i know you're always defending AEW for all the dumb garbage stuff that they do and i'm always like chastising you for it but i want to ring you and be like holy fucking shit this episode was great you know um because you don't want to have one of those relationships with people where you're just always taking a dump on their stuff yeah like because there are people <laughs> who blindly love AEW and they don't like, not even they don't. I feel like some people just, they receive wrestling differently. It's an art form or, you know, it's a sport yeah. or however people take it. And so I always try to tread carefully in people's fandoms.
1: Yeah. Because I yeah. really
0: appreciate that. So it kind of got to that point where I was like, man, I just watched some really good AEW. I better ring this person and let them know. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I feel like the vote, the, the vote um, showed it. And I might even start running them against each other each week. On the, um, on the votes yeah, and, and just see. Point. Because yeah. I think we're in a really good point where WWE seem to be aware that AEW are ready to compete and AEW seem to be aware that they're ready to compete.
1: Yeah. Art Raw's ratings tanking as well. Aren't well, man, as much? man, you see those pay-per-views. You
0: watch their, oh, sorry, premium events. I forgot they moved to Pornhub. Premium <laughs> is such a bad word for it. It is yeah. such a bad word for wrestling. <laughs> You know, unless Sunny or like a half-naked Sable is selling it, I don't buy the word premium for wrestling. And I don't want to see Sunny or half-naked Sable, even in their prime-selling wrestling. Because, man, that, that, that stuff always kind of was just like, yeah, come on, get to the Stone Cold Stunners and the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, anyway. Um...
1: Actually, as... sorry to change the subject, but it's something that I don't know if you knew about it or not. But um, I read an article that HBK's theme song. So you know it was uh Sherry that used to sing yeah the female parts on his first theme. Yeah and she did all that <gasps> Yeah yeah I wasn't don't get do me it. started. Yeah, I'll, I'll start yeah yeah <laughs> I I'll wasn't start do it. I'll, K- let, I'll let you do it. But I read today and you know I was today years old is that what the, the cool the cool kids say nowadays? It is indeed what the TikTok generation says. That the uh the female voice in the newer versions is in fact <laughs> Jimmy Hart. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, You didn't know it's Jimmy.
1: Oh, what? You knew that?
0: It sounds exactly like him. Doesn't even say, come on, daddy? <laughs> I'll
1: have to re-listen then.
0: I bet if you re-listen to it, you'll just be like, fuck, I've never listened to this song properly. <laughs> Too busy just marking out for HBK's overselling.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Shit, man. all right. Okay, I guess I'm... <laughs> I thought... I thought that was a big, a big discovery. I thought we were going to have a groundbreaking uh, discovery <laughs> on this podcast. But no, I guess um, I'm stupid. So
0: <laughs> you you got to buy all of Jimmy Hart's records now to yeah. apologize oh, to him. you got to buy shit. all his records. All his rare ones from Japan. Oh, fuck. you, you got to get Hulk Hogan's wrestling boot band.
1: I did actually look for the rest. I did find the wrestling album on vinyl. Oh yes, <laughs> I've added it to my watch list. That is that
0: is great because of the the banger "Grab Them Cakes" by yeah, Junkyard Dog. Junkyard, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so uh, world world-renowned referee Warren Moon. Um, there was a point in his life where he, he, him, and me were watching so much Junkyard Dog matches. Um, and like listening to grab them cakes and um, he came up with a mantra for himself and he's like you know what whenever life throws shit at me i'm just gonna be like fuck it grab cake you know go for go go for the goods because we end up having a big (laughs) discussion about like um what the fuck is grab them cakes does he mean like grab them you know boobies or butts or like is he really eating cakes and the internet didn't solve it solve it for us so we just deep (laughs) deep dive junkyard dog and that grab them cakes Period. Oh, here's your boy Jerry Lynn walking out whilst we're talking about grabbing cakes. Imagine if we could <laughs> sync up him coming out to grab them
1: cakes. <laughs> is that all you do? Grab them cakes. a anyway, bit, bit hard to dub that over the Sea Factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And why would you? We're fucking Sea Factory rule. But um,
0: Warren, Warren Moon's first tattoo that he wanted to get was grab on one hand and cake on the other, on his knuckles. <laughs> and um, he went around, and this is before, you know, kids were, were allowed to get, you know... Half naked devils tattooed on their face for their first tattoo by anybody. Um, All the tattooists refused to do knuckle tattoos for his first. Um, for his first tattoo so undisheartened at all he went and found uh, he went and found someone who would draw him a slice of cake with pink icing and so his first tattoo <laughs> was like this gorgeous cake and it looks really awesome You got like a really awesome cake I really hope wherever the fuck he is in life you know whatever he's doing that he has grab cake tattered on those knuckles now <laughs> because like that was just like I always thought it would have been the greatest um, yeah <laughs> you know, thrash zone days because we, we always have a good thrash zone story i got kicked out of the the rsl the ashfield lucky cat rsl because um they were handing out free cake because it was somebody's birthday and they were handing <laughs> yeah. out free cake and we were in there and warren warren did a beautiful rendition of free cake Free cake, <laughs> you went to go and Come on, do it, do it.
1: Free cake, free cake, free cake.
0: <laughs> did a beautiful rendition of regular shows, free cake. And they were just like, Well, he's drunk, cut him off. And like, they even brought him over like a pitcher of water. <laughs> They're like, Look, sorry, dude, your friend's cut off. You can keep drinking. We know about you, Mr. Camel, but <laughs> your friend is cut off. And I was like, Thanks a lot, Warren Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i did love my fucking hilarious adventures with old warren moon back in the day
1: <laughs> sure there's plenty of stories there too
0: oh man we could deep dive the warren moon vault at any time like with, with great fondness <laughs> i i have no bad memories of anybody i've ever spent time with even if i've moved on from that in my life now i have no bad memories man
1: It'll always be something oh. good to reminisce on so I heard that uh, we
0: recently got sponsored.
1: That's true. Yeah, by LPG Jeeps, and coming with that sponsorship is a new weekly segment from me. Yes, I'm going to call it the Weekly One, Two, Three. Yeah, I have a
0: sneaky suspicion that you didn't come up with that.
1: No, I didn't. (laughs) Our sponsor did.
0: (laughs) I also have a feeling that we don't actually have a sponsor.
1: Let's just pretend we do. Let's make ourselves seem more professional.
0: Okay, okay. I'll make up a fake advert. Yeah. Come on down to LP Jeeps. We have Jeeps, Jeeps, Jeeps. (laughs) We have yellow Jeeps. We have black Jeeps. You want a Jeep with a motorhead bottle opener? We got you covered. Jeeps (laughs) with suicidal tendency stickers? Covered slayer decals that you don't have to carve in your arm. LP Jeeps got you covered. Go on down to LP Jeeps, LP Jeep Emporium, where most of the Jeeps actually run on petrol or diesel fuels. Don't let it fool you. We can put it in an LP Jeep extension for some kind of layaway price. I'm running out of things to say because this isn't a real product.
1: That was good from the fly. <laughs> I'm hell,
0: man, I'm really impressed too. It's all this. <laughs> Was so all that ironing at the start of this? Um, <laughs> but anyway, this is the new weekly segment sponsored by LP Jeeps. It's called Elliot's Weekly
1: One, Two, Three, and take it away. Yeah, so I'm gonna probably discuss about around three topics of music each week. Um, I'm gonna name possibly three albums I've been listening to in the week and let you know about it and see if you want to listen to it as well. Probably not, but considering my music taste, but
0: good sell job. Good sell job. I like it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm recapping
0: this. So Elliot's going to count down the weekly one, two, three, and this is the, the, after taking the big finish, the one, two, three, you're out for the count. The three albums that have influenced Elliot the most this week.
1: And that is number one. So uh, it's an old album from the eighties. Ooh, It's a terrible certainty by creator. Yes. What so, a fucking banger. So that's one I haven't really you know, I, I kind of you know, fobbed it off for a while. Always just thought, you know, pleasure to kill and extreme aggression were always their best.
0: Not a big mistake. Not a big and then, mistake. No, yeah,
1: yeah. But then I decided to go to terrible sound and I'm like, holy fuck, why 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 was I not listening to this so much fucking earlier? It's definitely one I'd listened to, but it had flown under my radar. It's just one of those ones like, oh yeah, don't really listen to it again. But I just decided, fuck it, I haven't listened to much Creator lately, because I listen to a lot of Destruction and Sodden, uh, like mm. a lot. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> so know like, I'm
1: thinking, let's just go, let's just fucking try some Creator instead. And I just went to that one, because I thought, well, I haven't listened to that one in a while, so I'm like, and yeah, fucking, it's just been like, blowing my mind. Like, tracks on there, like, One of Us, it's got a fucking killer fucking riff that just runs through it. It's, t- oh, I just keep going back to it, and there's, yeah. Here's some other tracks on there. Just listen to it.
0: <laughs> Definitely listen um, to it. He's, 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 not, he's, he's not telling you that Terminator 3 is a good movie on this one.
1: It actually is a good album. You should check it out. <laughs> um, Make no mention of that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my second one is actually a brand new album that came out last year. Um, it's by a band called Stormkeep and it's called Tales of Other Time. Ooh. And it's uh, actually it's a black metal album. It's um, it's quite an atmospheric black metal album, and I've been playing it uh, while I've been playing Skyrim.
0: Oh wow, that's I, cool.
1: Uh, that's a cool thing to do. So yeah, I mean, I love the Skyrim soundtrack. I love listening to that sort of the atmospheric, relaxing soundtrack. But I've, I've been listening to the Stormkeep one, and there's just some bits in it that just fucking give me fucking goosebumps. <laughs> breaks into like some epic sort of like you know organ shit like you know like how king diamond does a lot of the time yep but yeah it's just it's real atmospheric um and yeah it really gets me in a uh a dragon slaying mood when i listen to it <laughs> so it's quite it's quite a good soundtrack for, for skyrim but i recommend listening to it and i've tried looking trying to get the vinyl because I've, I've only just come about on it like in the past two weeks and it came out at the end of last year i'm like oh, i wonder if there's any good vinyls and there's like a like an ice blue vinyl and i'm like fuck yeah grab that look at the price of it it's like fucking 250 dollars i'm just like well missed out on that one yeah vinyl <laughs> vinyl prices
0: are crazy too the last anything that's come out in the last few years the factories because there was there was actually um a major fire that happened and the, the plants the plant that was mm. based in japan i think or no oh. the plant that was based in america um that makes all the plates that press vinyl because they make the plates for all the places that make the vinyl mm. so any place that gets vinyl made has to buy the plates from this other manufacturing company yeah, and it's, it, definitely it burnt, yeah. it's definitely been
1: delays it's definitely been a lot of delays yeah
0: um it burnt down and it, and it and we're talking about the place that makes the 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 plates for even privately owned printing presses that sony and atlantic and all these other massive companies um, huh. So everybody's been having to get it man- their, their plates manufactured through Japan. And this Japanese factory was tiny. And um, the record industry actually several years before COVID um, raised concerns that something could happen. Um, and that there was just only this one place with only one other option. And um, hmm. recommended that everyone got together and started their own company that, that did that. And it just never happened and, yeah, <laughs> they kind of aided on that one. So record prices are affected by the fact that less records are being able to be printed at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, everything I just lots, said. Lot,
1: lots of limited runs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's number three?
1: Number three. Uh, this is also another album that I definitely I used to not listen to as much. Oh, so these are all new for you, kind of. No, no. Um, the The last one was new. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess creator is, is new for me in a way that I've I appreciate it more than I did before, and it's the same with this one too. And it's um, Paul Stanley's solo album, of course. It's from uh, yeah, so Kiss, all the Kiss members wanted to do their own thing. At one point, they wanted to break up, but then they decided let's all just release solo albums. You know, we'll, let's all get creative by ourselves and let's do what we want to do. And that happened. Um. Jeans sold out. Jeans sold very well. Yeah. And uh it's honestly one of the worst ones. It's not that good. <laughs> but the breakouts was of course Ace. Ace and Paul's were just 100%. They're flawless. But the only reason I, I never listened to Paul's that much is, is because of one track on it. What was oh that bump. My god.
0: Alright, let's let's stay on let's stay on Paul's album and not talk about Swan stay- Dudley <laughs> dying.
1: <laughs> That's so tempting. But yeah this album um i i just totally dismissed it just because of one song on it it just totally put me off the album okay it's called uh, hold me touch me think of me when we we're apart it's such, <laughs> it's such a very soppy sappy piece of fucking shit song okay i've never heard the song okay, yeah. okay i probably
0: have but like go uh, listen. yeah
1: so listen to it does but it go then,
0: touch me hold me no it goes think of me. it's like
1: it's like hold me Touch me. Yeah. I, I fucking hate it. I, it sounds like the Neverending Story song. Yeah, I hate. I fucking hate that song with a fucking passion. So it always put me off that album. Like, I, know it, I, I, I know. I know it instantly
0: I, from you just singing it. I'm so sorry. I, I always wanted to um just, you
1: know, but you know, I've been I've, listening to it a lot. You know, the past six okay, months really. It's it's, 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 it's a up. really good album, apart from that fucking song. It's right, here's
0: the kicker, Fucking... Has that song started to come around on you, or does it get worse every time?
1: It gets worse every time. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to come around on it. There's <laughs> there's several Kiss songs that I'll never ever listen to. It's so it, my Kiss
0: experience like that is Psycho Circus, and I'm really getting into it. And then Gene or whoever says, <laughs> "I gotta know does a frozen river flow," and I'm just like, <laughs> "What?" Of course it does, you moron. It freezes at the top. Like, shut up. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's an awful lyric. But how Kiss never got shit given to them for that, and everyone gives shit to ICP for saying, magnets, I don't want to know how those work. How do they work? It's they don't want to know how they work. It's not how do they work. That is that is the meme and the way that (laughs) people make fun of them. And if you listen to the song, what they're saying is, it's a song called Miracles, right? And they're saying... You know, and the story behind it is like when they were children, they would look at things as miracles and not like the science behind it. And they're talking about how sometimes ruining people's magic, you know, it's not a good way to go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Man, this is is a really pivotal point for ECW because um, Mm. the Dudley boys, uh, everybody knows that they're going to the WWF and um, they just won the tag titles and then they cut to commercial. Or extreme replay and commercial. This extreme replay needs to get uploaded onto our onto our account. This is yeah,
1: an incredible extreme replay. I about yeah. that's the fucking the bumps in this match. Oh, I've, I've just been I've been wanting to like cut you off and just be like, oh look at that, look at that. Look at this. Oh, that was sick. Like, I've been trying so hard and trying to stay on topic, but this is, a, this is that was a great fucking match.
0: Yeah, that was a really fantastic match, and I'm happy to talk about it for a while. I mean balls God. mahoney like the nutcracker suite in this era he was hitting that so well that's one yeah. of the top one of the top Devon cells of all time when he gets hit in the head of yeah. the chair and, <laughs> and he does stumbles. the wiggle i mean that that guy would have been like hermes from futurama in limbo contests like he would have been unbeatable Divon doing backstage limbo he probably is a master I think. and that 3d one of the most iconic of yeah, all time that's great but, I mean, here we are. We're in, we, we've still got 20 minutes left and the, the, the Dudleys are tag team champions. I wonder what could happen. <laughs> and while we're waiting for that ah. to happen, another mm-hmm. segment that we are going to go to is, of course,
1: concert memories. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. it stop? Yeah.
1: So, all right, give me yours. All right, okay. So, my, <laughs>
0: my concert memory of the week is – my first and last war experience.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah.
0: my first war experience is I just come from being punched in the he- in the back of the head uh, and <laughs> whilst watching Descendants. And I was like, you know, super just staunch to see my favorite band in the entire world ever. And, you know, sacrifice myself like the filthy scum dog maggot Bohab. I am <laughs> to the slave pit. To the scum (laughs) of the universe, you know, hail odorous. Um, So I fucking, you know, I bailed on Descendants. I didn't see whatever they did their last song. And I pushed through crowds whilst yelling like only my psychotic self can when I need to see Gore. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, it's, a very, it's a very different thing when you're about to see gore. You know, it takes you to some place that's yeah. very different than any other time. I'm a very mm-hmm. different person when when we're talking about gore. Um, so yeah, I got, I, I got down there. Um, I shoved my way through whatever crap was playing at the time, some really crappy emo. And there was a monstrous, <laughs> monstrous metal, super mega fucking wall of death into a, a circle pit sort of happening as I got there. And yeah. I'm like, I am not waiting through that. I'm going to wait for whoever, the, I, it would have been someone awful. I want to say Bullet for my Valentine or something, which would probably get me scolded by my girlfriend. But um, yeah, it was something awful like that. Um, <laughs> so I suffered through that garbage. And then all of their fans didn't want to see Gore, so they all fucked off. And I got a good guardrail space. Perfect. Unfortunately, I got a good guardrail space with a group of hot chicks in bikinis. <laughs> so when Gore opened, nice. uh, when Gore opened, <laughs> Odorous like promptly just pissed all their clothes off with... <laughs> <laughs> his uh, his giant space song. um there was boobs everywhere a naked crowd surfer girl fell on me um my girlfriend at the time got super mad about it because i basically just got like covered in boobs um <laughs> and like it just distracted me so from the actual concert um although my my memories of this were he opened with uh what had happened in australia at the time was um, Hugh Jackman had done a flying fox onto the set of Oprah because Oprah was touring at the same time as Gwar. <laughs> so Odorus came out and he said something about how um, he used to be uh, Oprah's, you know, sex partner or something like that <laughs> from memory. He said something very derogatory about Oprah. Um, and then he, he said, uh, he, he held his hand up and he opened his hand and um, a prosthetic eye was dangling from his hand. And he's like, he's like so, I, I, I was hanging out with Oprah, and this is Hugh Jackman's eye. And he <laughs> flings the eye into the audience, and I jump to try and get the eye, and I totally miss it. And it goes Damn. flying behind me, and I look, and then I turn around, and there's like three half-naked girls covered in gore shit. I'm just getting completely sprayed. And I'm like, oh. And then my fucking girlfriend at the time is like, you know like oh you pig or whatever because I accidentally saw Boobie's son the devil to her because she was crazy <laughs> and I'm like oh I'm sorry because you know what else would you fucking do and then a half naked chick just falls on top of me and like Odorous sprays it
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just
0: like oh, like what the fuck just happened
1: um, Odorous it was- didn't spray it his own cuttlefish of Cthulhu, <laughs> cuttlefish of of Cthulhu yeah. it moved yeah. independently <laughs> yeah you, you, you know the core trip um <laughs>
0: But yes, yeah, so I was incredibly distracted by that for the first few songs. Um, they, played like, they played like fucking Vlad the Impaler. Um, they nice. had Techno come out. They had Gorgor was on stage. Um, and um, they had an audience member get up and he got eaten by Gorgor. And this is crazy, nice. right? Gorgor is still in Australia somewhere. <sighs> Gorgor got left here. So Gorgor really? is still in Australia somewhere. So one day, Gorgor is going to turn up in a fucking in a find hmm. or something. That's, that's still here. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, and then um, huh. and then my last core experience was a couple of weeks before uh, Odorous went back to his home planet of Scumdogia. Yeah, huh. uh, Never to return, and that was mm-hmm. the concert we went to. Where, mm-hmm. man, that was a that was a crazy concert, suffering through terrible metal bands that I hate. Um, <laughs> just oh my god, I get it. You're a Viking, and all you sing about is Valhalla and drinking. <laughs> can you just fuck off and let me see Gordon? now okay. you know like please I get it yeah cool you got a, you got a viking beard and you're a viking Uh uh-huh, cool. why don't you sing a song about runes oh he actually did it oh you know it was one of those experiences um, and then I was like we're yeah I know you love that I know you
1: love that band I know you dig deep, deep down you love them
0: I, don't, I do not that is an absolute fucking lie that lie is so fragrant I can smell it
1: there's only a couple yeah. of songs I like from them
0: I, I I would rate Aqua as a better metal band metal band than them. Anyway, um, so I, I digress. Yeah, no, I, I would I would. They fucking suck. They're so one dimensional and boring. Anyway, um, so Gore Gore came on on this. It was and it, it was a night. You remember this? That guy tried to fucking push me off the front row. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: and I ended up being like, how many warnings did I give him?
1: We gave him about
0: two. Two, you, two, you'll give,
1: yeah, two or three. You'll, two or you, three. You'll, you'll pay. Yeah.
0: And then he started digging his elbow into me, and you're like, "Dude, yeah. this guy's gonna kill you!" Like, stop. And then, yeah. yeah, some things happened, and then the security are like, "I'm gonna kick you out now." And I'm pointing at my odorous tattoo on my arm. I'm like, "You see this? This is the lead singer of the band that I'm about to watch. If I'll sit through 14 hours of this tattoo, like, yeah. Oh, that promo I caught on him. He's like, "Yeah, good point." And he just didn't want to drag me out. Like, I'm not going to be in any trouble. And you were, like, telling I, was, too. I was even whenever you shot go. Yeah, You ain't kicking him out. Like, there's no <laughs> way. Him out of here. You were a good middleman on that one because <laughs> yeah. you were like, he didn't do anything wrong. That motherfucker came up and tried to pull him off the rail. I was watching the whole thing. Yeah. And then other people sort of started piping up. So that was really interesting experience. <laughs> and then, and then Glore came out and they literally played every single one of my favorite tracks. They did fucking Metal, Metal Land. They even did Schools Out. That was a hell of a um, fucking show. I got a pick. I got the set list. I got covered in fucking gore blood. We got completely wasted. You had bought me that Alcoholica t shirt, the Metallica Alcoholica bootleg. Right. leg. Yeah. And I, I wore that and it got completely fucking ruined. And like that was honestly, that was, that was one of the, my funnest memories of all time, of my entire life. Yeah. And still that to this day, still to this day, I have photos that I can send you that you don't remember. <laughs> and you want to know what else? I got. Do you remember how I got that Gore pick? No. So, after the concert, I stood out the front, and I was so drunk, and I was yelling about how, whatever that band's name is, the Viking guys, yeah. how they sucked, and they flipped their guitar pick on me, and I was really offended by it, and I wanted to trade anybody who liked them more oh, than
1: I remember than yes. me.
0: And then that kid came up. He's like, "You want a Gore pick for?" Viking uh Viking douchebags, the Viking Raiders? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. And he was like looking at me and looking at you and you were like, He's you can trust him man. He's like, Oh, oh, and he didn't want to give me the pick. And then yeah. you, you, you I remember you were like, Why don't you both put the pick in each other's hands?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then and then I'll count down And you pull it out And the kid's like, okay And like, yeah. he's like shaking and giving me the gore pick And I'm like, just take this damn Viking crap and Like yeah. fucking just trying to force it on him <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, one, two, three, go And like, we both have the pick And we both couldn't believe our luck And he's like, man, gore suck And I'm like, man, Viking douchebags suck and Like, yeah, <laughs> we were like hugged each other Because we were so happy
1: yeah. <laughs> And that that's how I got time. my gore yeah. pick I remember and that
0: what about you? What's your what's what's some of your constant memories? Hit me up. Constant memory of the week.
1: i have too many to fucking to go through, but um, I might as well say it. Fucking like King Parrot, yeah, Australian grindcore band King Parrot. Uh, I mean, they're playing next weekend. Um, I mean, they're a band I always always go to see if they're playing near me. I'll, I'll never not see them. I'll always try and make it if I can. <laughs> if,
0: even um, if even if you don't like metal or grindcore. And you get a chance to see King Parrot, go. Cause they are something mm-hmm. they are something entirely different. There is no there is no band in the alternative scene. Maybe bar agnostic front that can mm. really just fucking rip shit up like that and get people who didn't even know that they could be in a frenzy, that didn't even know they liked that music to feel it. They are
1: something else. They have isn't? everything. They have all the comedy on stage, the dumb Aussie sort of bogany comedy. I mean, I wouldn't say bogany, but you know, Oka. That would be the word to use. <laughs> yep. So they use all that. They're quite, you know, tongue in cheek, but you know they're they're scary when they're on stage at times. You know, they just fucking they go that fucking hard. Like it's just, you always have a good time. Matt's always there, fucking covering everyone with water, throwing water bottles at everyone. You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't be at a King Parrot concert and expect to uh, come out dry because uh, the lead singer Matt will soak you with water there's no doubt about that so yeah i'm going to be seeing them on the weekend and you know i mean every concert of theirs is a, is a great memory for me because i always have a fucking great time yeah and you i know. sorry go ahead yeah no i was gonna say you know it's sort of in comparison to uh, your band back yeah. in the day you know always you. always exciting live you know there's always thank you so much there's always something going on on stage you know you're all you know, I've I've made an Instagram post about it. You know, I've I posted a image of one of my King Parrot vinyls and I, I made a comment saying that, you know, a lot of local bands these days bore the absolute fuck out of me. Yep. Because they don't do that. anything on stage. They stand still, play their shit, and that's it, they go. But you know, oh, Our local right scene. King Parrot, you go everyone goes nuts on stage and some people don't like it. Some guy came up to you and said, You were too violent. Oh man, that was a funny day. So and that just shows to me that you you show, you, you gave something different, and so the King Parrot, and that's what appeals to me. I like that shit. King like Parrot being energy.
0: They're not afraid to be hated, and they're not afraid to be loved. Yeah, and that's that's what you need to to, to be memorable in, in any in any artistic endeavor. And too many too many bands uh, in our smaller local scene in Australia, while being great bands, like we have some of the greatest bands in the world here, yeah, like the greatest greatest rock and metal acts arguably had Mm acdc come out of here yeah like we could go on forever you know and like the metal scene here is healthy it's very healthy but as as i say that there's no bands other than really king parrot that are really putting it out there
1: i don't see i don't see bands that are hungry yes that's what i don't see yeah they're they're just happy to play happy to play and that's that's not. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like, there's nothing wrong with that. But all. that's what
0: stops you from going to shows in the end. Yeah. Is
1: and yeah. I'll tell you, there was
0: only one band that ever upstaged Disintegrator that wasn't an international act, and it was yeah. King Parrot. And I've mm-hmm. never been so happy to get off stage and see the gleam in somebody else's eyes. Like you think that was 11. Let me show you 45. Yeah. Like and he was <laughs> like, um, they were like crowd surfing fucking people were holding him above their above their head and he was like in a superman pose singing death metal vocals as they fucking flew him around the fucking room yeah like <laughs> it, you know it just it's an it's an experience do, do see king parrot if you ever get a chance please do see Fuck King yeah. Parrot. yeah like i couldn't endorse them any any harder if you even even slightly think maybe I'm an alternative go to King Parish Show and see if you're a wimp or not yeah
1: <laughs> for sure yeah that'll be the decider so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that I mean next podcast might be before or after that so I mean I'm sure you'll, you'll be hearing about it anyway I, I definitely thing. want to follow up and we're
0: <laughs> we're over on ECW TNN right now and the Dudleys have spent the last 10-15 minutes talking about what they're going to do to the ECW titles yeah and a lone Tommy Dreamer, who's completely being abandoned by all his friends at this point. He's come out and Paul is trying to convince him not to beat up the Dudleys. And I'm pretty sure the Dudleys are about to say something that might get Paul goat, which doesn't take much. You know. So we're we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see it any minute now. Dreamer yeah. fight the Dudleys on his own. Francine's trying to come out. Don't listen to them, honey. Go in the back. We've got Oreos back there. Double stuffed Oreos. Dream's like, no, nah, not today. No double stuffed Oreos for me. <laughs> Rick Flair's back there. We know how you'll justify his horrible actions. No, look, this isn't the time for that. I'm not here <laughs> to be framed by Vice and, and have my segment put like an episode of The Simpsons hard copy style after something. Even though I said something kind of terrible, I, I'm not ready for it to be cut and spliced on the end of something to make it sensationalized and make me look like an a-hole. I got to fight the Dudleys. That's exactly what's happening right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure those thoughts were going through his head.
0: 100%. 100%. Maybe, maybe even 200%. So, yes, Tommy Dreamer just. He's wearing a reservoir dog shirt. Yeah. Too.
1: That's pretty cool. He wasn't yeah. ready to fight. That's how you I, know. I love these parts when Hayman's out there. It seems very it's realistic, too. Delicious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, they're putting over Bueller. Bit of a Bueller segment, (laughs) just to just to make you feel at home, like they're trying to cover up or they don't know what they're doing. Like it's like a clip that was ready, just in case something happened, (laughs) and you can still hear. Yeah, this is great. This is really great segment of television. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I'm still. I, I'm still really wanting to talk about what William Regal could possibly do. Mm. Like, that's, that's still a very interesting subject because, honestly, if he doesn't start something and he doesn't go to AEW or Impact, yeah. does, hmm. he, does he do independent shows? Does he have a couple of wrestlings? Will we see him have a wrestle on Bloodsport? That's so WWE's many possibilities. Pound the fuck out of Tommy Dreamer.
1: You know what we should talk about? My best or worst Australian wrestling story. I think we're going to make that a weekly thing now.
0: Yes, we are actually going to should make that. It's going to go on forever because <laughs> we have lots of great and terrible um, and probably all equally hilarious wrestling stories from our tenure. Yeah, 20, good, good 20-something years between us? Probably.
1: probably. So probably. what is
0: what, what is your best or worst? Is it a best or worst story? First.
1: Of uh, could Be a bit of both oh <laughs> one or the other, it depends how you view it, but uh remember when we tagged up for the first time yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, the match could count as probably one of the worst things, best and worst best and worst, but what came from the match was probably the best thing, and okay, that was yeah. that that was our. Our friendship, I think we had that actually <laughs> sort of uh, solidified it. So, for all the listeners, we were put into a tag team match. Um, it was sort of a, a day with, uh, David versus Goliath teams sort of thing in a way. I was a small guy, Brad's a big guy, and our opponents were a small guy and another big guy, I suppose. And, uh, on paper, it's a good match. On paper, yeah, it looked okay. But... Um, there was a certain uh, a rib that had gone on um, for about a month, a month previous that involved uh, one of our opponents and Rad here. And uh, that got, got the guy quite scared. <laughs> I didn't do the rib, I had nothing to do no, with it. No, he had nothing to do with it. Um, we could maybe, I mean, I think, I think our time's running out, so we might have to try and uh, cut this a little short, but we can elaborate. But yeah, so this guy was in a match against me, me and Rad. and uh, Let's just say he pretty much fucked everything. He shat the bed. <laughs> he shat the bed on him. He, he sandbagged. He, yeah, he sandbagged every fucking move. He, he was forgetting everything. He was being hesitant. He wasn't doing shit on time. And in turn, that was pissing you off <laughs> in the yep. ring. And I could see that. So. Um,
0: Man, well, like, like the the backstory is like, I used to go and okay, stay. Go. I used to go and stay with Donny <laughs> St. Michael. He come up, he was my ride to and from the airport. Um, I used to stay with him, and um, him and his housemate were notorious for the ribs. I was semi-notorious for the ribs, but like, you know, nothing. This nothing that I would let get this this out of hand. I think this got out of hand. Um, <laughs> but basically, I was trying to go to sleep, and they kept waking me up. And at the same time, they were calling, uh, calling this poor rookie who was already convinced that I was a very stiff wrestler because I had just had that. I wasn't the best wrestler, but I had that, that whole gimmick going. And to their credit, a lot of the guys that wrestled me really sold that to the fans. The fans bit, but then some of the boys also bit, and they thought that I was a bit of a brutal wrestler. And so a lot of the rookies in that era were, were terrified of getting in the ring with me. They thought I was going to you know, dig Zanzay to them or whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to get to sleep. Uh, Donnie and his housemate have a called him a bunch of times. They basically tell me that he wants to... They keep coming and telling me that he wants to go over the match, that he's got lists and lists and lists of spots. And I'm like, it's a fucking tag match. Tell him shut the fuck up. We'll call it on the day and call it in the ring. It's a fucking tag match. It's the easiest thing in the world. You know? Yeah. Because it should be, especially in a David versus Goliath thing. We fucking, you know, take... The whole match was like we... We eventually, we get beaten up, bump off the big guy. Then he tags in the small guy. He starts kicking our ass. Then we start cheating. And then we keep, keep him away um, from the big guy. Big guy makes a hot tag. You know, simple match.
1: Oh, look who it is. It's Raven. Hey,
0: Raven in the ring, which we will talk about was, will as this discuss. episode ends. <laughs> and we will talk about in a future podcast. Um, but yeah, basically, they kept waking me up and telling me all this stuff. And then kept calling him and telling them, him that I was mad at him. But not telling him why. Uh, which culminated (laughs) in the fantastic rib of giving me the phone while he was trying to talk to me, allegedly, and him thinking I was mad at him and having no idea that this rib was happening and me basically being like, fuck the fuck off. Stop fucking calling me. Stop annoying me, like, kind of vibes. And um, (laughs) he he thought I was legit mad at him, so they pulled the rib, except it resulted in him absolutely thinking that I was going to kill him. So, yeah, I locked up with him, and he was just jelly legs. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, all the spots were him hitting me and doing stuff because we were at that point where he should have been on top. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I couldn't get shit out of him. And I ended up just sort of hitting him here, pulling him there, like su- suplexing him, him just continually freezing. And then, yeah, you were seeing my frustration. I gave him some insane spider wheelbarrow German suplex deadly <laughs> off the floor. In him, yeah. uh, I fucking pinned him <laughs> with, like, you know, f- a fair bit of aggression. I fucking went down there and i was like if you Not, don't stop I, fucking I, I, up yeah. and cutting me off in this next spot i'm gonna hurt you like because like i hadn't hurt him at that point but i was ready to because he just it was like wrestling a rag doll that wouldn't communicate and like i didn't want to hurt him but it was getting <laughs> to that point where i was ready to yeah. and the fear of that on top of his already fear and realizing that i hadn't really been beating him up just sort of tossing him around safely um, we were able to get the cutoff off, yeah. and I went I went for the big running juice and like a palm, and then he put his foot up and jumped out and gave me like a diving DD, diving DDT or whatever, and it segued. Except freaking Giant Coyote completely mm. fucked the finish because the the match went semi-off script, and he could see what was happening, and everything just went.
1: Well, went. he was meant to chase my manager off to the back. Yeah. And then not come back until the bell had rung. Yeah. And we were still sort of, sort of getting the getting the, the match back yeah, together. Yeah, he chased and the
0: guy off and came straight back.
1: Came straight back to the ring. So like as we're doing our finish, he's like there in the ring. Yeah, and I thought to myself, what the fuck? So I just, I jumped onto him like a fucking, what do you call it, like a spider monkey? Yeah,
0: and man, you grabbed him like I like f- and just
1: fucking gave him a, a huge DDT. Which and looked ridiculous. I forget, I forget what you did but you got, it, you got the pin, full. It
0: looked so ridiculous because yeah, he jumped it, up and he was just holding you and you were just on him. And then you pulling, just start sort of pulling. choking him <laughs> and start trying to do this DDT motion. So you're like humping him. And then on like the second hump, he just finally realizes and takes this god awful bump. And I'm just like, just looking at this. I have no idea what happened because I was just in full rage. And like, <laughs> I just remember you got backstage before me. I walked backstage and there's this chair there and I'm just like, Motherfucker! And kicked this chair, and it just disappears. It just went up, and it just never came down. Yeah. I don't think. I think that chair might even be in space. I um, think so. And then, then I, it seemed like an attorney. I just sort of watched that chair, and then it just disappeared. I was like, huh? And then I turned, and everyone was looking at me, and they all just scuttled away, except you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the bonding began.
1: Yeah. That was it. Everyone was just fucking absolutely terrified of you. Yeah. Was... I I literally just like, yeah, <laughs> dust, dust, dust settled. <laughs> and there I was standing there was alone. Like, Come on, man. Calm down. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit I mean, happens. I needed it. A...
0: It was basically it's that thing where I'm, I'm a pro wrestler. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want to hurt the guy that I'm in the ring with, but I want to make people look like it hurts. And I've gotten the credibility of hurting people and not hurting them. Unless you, you'd say to me, Hey brother, let's have a stiff match. And then I'm like, sweet. I love being punched in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a completely different story, but um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. We both lived through that. It's both of our worst wrestling match stories for sure. Yeah. Um, but then that led to so much more. That led to talking to each other more. That led yeah. to any any show you were on, me attacking you and power bombing you. In the I mean, ring. That,
1: that used to happen anyway. I think right. it was well, the first the first time you came up to Queensland. <laughs> and I was still a rookie. I was still training. I think we both – you learned that I was from the UK and that I think we both just started I dare say about a lot of shit. Like, I, dare just from Mason, I dare say
0: Mason. I dare say Mason because – Man, he's such a great person. Like he, 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 I credit him with most of my greatest friendships. Man, he always had a lot oh, of cool yes. people around him. Yeah, but he was—he's yeah. like the Ted Lasso of Australian wrestling. Man, he just flowed <laughs> things together. He he made sure that when you met, he made sure
1: that people that would have good matches worked together. He was really good at that, man. Yeah, yeah, um, he—it's definitely a fucking great time in my life. I think I look back. I mean, at the time, some for certain points, I was you know I was unhappy and and shit. You know, if. And shows started getting shit. But I do, I still do look back on them times as some of the greatest of my life, I think, because I, I was generally doing what I enjoyed doing. Yeah.
0: And I like... felt like
1: I was going to get somewhere with it. And, you know, I mean, little things in my head got to be, and I ended up not, not pursuing it still. But I did it, at least. You know, I did it in some, some capacity. I and mean, that was always what I wanted to do as a kid. And, you know from you know backyard and at 14 you know that just I think i kind of proved how bad i wanted to do it <laughs> just just trying to wrestle any way possible yeah but you know who knows who knows what could have happened but i mean
0: i would love to have I... a big discussion about that in our next mm. podcast and i think sure. we should also bring up some of the raven stories because people have been asking <laughs> People want the juicy goss of the dismal Raven tour of Australian wrestling, so I think I think I might have to bring that up in the next podcast. And I think so. I think I will. You know what? I know I will ask you the uh, the best and worst, and you will tell me one of your best and worst entering the business stories, and we will segue very yeah. heavily into how you got there through doing a backyard stuff. Sure, we can talk about that. I think that'd Definitely. be fantastic,
1: man. Definitely can talk about that.
0: (laughs) And uh, with that, I'd say that's a nice, neat and tidy 71 minutes wrap up. And I I appreciate everybody. I appreciate everybody that's listened to this. I appreciate you being here to do this cast with me. I absolutely love (laughs) the fact that
1: we're doing this, man. I hope this uh, this keeps going. Yeah. And if you're listening, any feedback is welcome, any criticisms, anything. If the fucking TV's too echoing, like. Let us know if Elliot's too quiet, which I'm probably, I probably, we probably am. You're pretty. I'm I'm just a a shy guy. Thank the Scotch for that.
0: Yeah, it's sponsored by Strong Scotch. Don't forget, not affiliated with Pepsi or Pepsi Max. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, this is a great one, man. I'll talk to you next week.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's do
0: it. All right. See See you. Bye. But bye. nah, nah, bye. Nah. You let nah. me get the girl, nah. man. Nah.
1: Nah. 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 nah.